ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so carrying on then with the description of the prophet's prayer sallallahu alayhi wasallam the last thing we had discussed was the timings of the prayer because all of that was under the first condition of the prayer the first condition of the prayer was the most important condition of the prayer that the time must have entered for that particular prayer to be prayed. The time of the prayer must have entered in order for you to pray that prayer. And so we mentioned the times of the prayers last time. Briefly just to go over them as a recap, Fajr prayer starts when? After the darkness of the night, then appears initially a light which goes in a vertical fashion. After a while that light disappears and it goes dark again. Then the light begins to appear in a horizontal manner. That is when Fajr time starts. And it finishes when, of course, sunrise. Then Dhuhr time starts when? After the middle point of the day, the sun rises, 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 gets right at the top of the sky. You still have to wait. Let it get past the middle of the sky. Just when it gets past the middle, your shadow starts on the eastern side. Now Dhuhr time starts. And when does it finish? So that is the popular opinion. The opinion mentioned by the evidence is that your shadow becomes equal to you in length. Dhuhr ends and Asr then begins. And Asr carries on till when? There are two opinions how long Asr carries on till. One opinion says it carries on all the way till sunset, till Maghrib time. Another opinion though says the actual time for Asr is only up until the sun starts to become yellowy and hazy, which is prior to sunset. As for when it becomes yellowy and hazy, Asr time ends, but from that point up until sunset, that small amount of time left, you are allowed to pray Asr, but it is known as the time of Necessity. Waqtul Durura. The time of necessity. So then the sun sets and the time of Maghrib has begun. When does it carry on till? Huh? Until when? Until the next prayer. You're right, the answer is correct. Maghrib time carries on until the next prayer starts. But when does the next prayer start? So you know when the sun goes down? When the sun goes down, does it go dark straight away? No, it takes a while. 
It takes a while for all of the sun rays to disappear. Maybe an hour, maybe 90 minutes. When all of those sun rays disappear and it does get pitch black, now Maghrib has finished and Isha has started. And then Isha carries on different opinions. Some of them say up to a third of the night. Others say to the middle of the night. And some even say all the way till Fajr time starts. They were the times of the prayers. You can see every prayer has some leeway in its time. It has a beginning time. It has an end time. There is a leeway. There is a an amount of time which you can pray every prayer in. It's not like every prayer just has a five minute slot, a five minute window you got to pray it in. There is a reasonable window for every prayer. The question is, within that window of time, which is all completely legitimate, as long as you pray within that window of time, your prayer is valid. But is there a preferred time within the window of each prayer? The beginning time. Correct. The sunnah is that within the window of opportunity, the preferred time... Preferably the sunnah is that you pray it at the beginning time. As soon as the window opens for that prayer time, pray it. Don't delay it to the later stages of that window of opportunity. So it is sunnah to pray the prayers at the early times of the prayers. Except Isha. With Isha it is sunnah and preferred to pray it at the End time of the window. So all of the prayers, Fajr, Dhuhr, Asr, Maghrib, it is preferred and sunnah to pray them at the beginning of the window opportunity. Whereas Isha, it is preferred to delay it and pray it at the end of the window, near to the end of the window. That is the sunnah regarding the prayers and when they should be prayed. There is one other exception too. One other exception does exist. Where you are allowed, in accordance to the sunnah, to delay the prayer out of the beginning of the window towards the end of the window instead. Which prayer? Isha we already mentioned, but another one can be done in certain circumstances. Isha... Always it's sunnah delayed to the end of the window, near the end of the window. Another one of the four prayers, one of the other four, it is sometimes allowed to delay it towards the end of the opportunity. Which one? Dhuhr? Asr? Nobody want to say Fajr or Maghrib? Fajr? Some say Fajr. Maghrib left. Nobody want to take Maghrib? So... It is Dhuhr, because there is a hadith about Dhuhr. In Dhuhr it says, إِذَا اشْتَدَّ الْحَرِّ فَأَبْرِدُوا بِالصَّلَةِ فَإِنَّ شِدَّةَ الْحَرِّ مِنْ فَيْحِ جَحَنَّمِ In the hadith it mentions, hadith which is in Bukhari, a Muslim. If the heat gets too much, the heat is too strong, then... Cool yourselves with the prayer. The heat is obviously relevant to which prayer of the five? 
Dhuhr. It says in the hadith, if it gets too hot, because the hottest time of the day is when? Midday, when the sun is right near the top, going right past the middle of the day, just when Dhuhr time starts. That is going to be the hottest time of the day. It says in the hadith, if it gets too hot at some days, on some days, if it is just too hot at that time, abridu bisalah, cool yourselves with the dhuhr prayer. Cool yourselves how? You've got a window of opportunity. The beginning of the window for the dhuhr prayer is the hottest time of the day. The end of the window of the dhuhr prayer, by now the sun is moving along and it's getting cooler. So towards the end of the window of opportunity for dhuhr, it's going to be cooler than when it was at the beginning of the window of opportunity at the middle of the day. Hence the hadith says, if on certain days in the summer months, etc. Here in this country we don't know it. But in other places. At the middle of the day, just when dhuhr time starts, it's going to be at the peak of heat. If it is too much, then delay towards the end of the dhuhr time when it's cooler and pray then. So that is an exception which is allowed for dhuhr in times of need. When there is severe heat, then you are allowed to delay the dhuhr and pray it later on. But the scholars do have a difference of opinion about it. Is it a sunnah or is it a rukhsah? What's the difference? Sunnah would mean that on a day when it's hot, it is sunnah for you to delay. Whether you are affected by the heat or not. Regardless of whether you are affected by the heat or not, if it is a boiling hot day, it is sunnah to delay. That is one opinion. The second opinion is no, it's not like that. The second opinion says it is a rukhsa, a license, a permission. Meaning, if you have a boiling hot day, then you have a choice. It's up to you. If you want to still pray, you're okay with it. Heat isn't really a problem, even at the severity of it, then pray. But if you want to delay it now because of that heat problem, then you can. That's the second opinion. What's the difference between them? The first one is saying, it's a sunnah regardless. If you have a hot day, it is sunnah for you just delay the dhuhr. Whether you need it or not, whether you're bothered about the heat or not, regardless. It's a hot day, delay the dhuhr to the end time. The second opinion says, no, it's not like that. It's all about your need. If it's a hot day, then you have a choice whether you want to still pray at the heat or you want to delay. It's up to you. Difference slightly there. In Saudi Arabia, for example, in the middle of summer, it gets to 50 degrees. It gets to close 50 degrees. I've seen it with my own eyes, the temperatures are 47 degrees. And in some of the uh, hottest times of the year, can get to 50 plus. 50, 50 plus. Makkah, especially those types of areas. It gets to that type of temperature. It does start to now feel a bit warm. It does start to feel a bit warm when it's getting up into the 40s, late 40s. Now, the hadith would be applicable. Into the late 40s, touching onto 50 degrees. Hadith is applicable. At the time of Dhuhr, you can delay and pray later. But do they do that in Saudi? Even though the temperatures are hitting almost 50 in the summer. They don't do it. They take the opinion that it is a license. 
If you want to delay it, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. The way the system is in Saudi schools, universities, everything finishes at Dhuhr time. Everything finishes at Dhuhr time. Your lectures, everything. Nowadays, it's all changed the system, but it used to be like that. All your lectures, universities, college, school, primary, secondary, everything finishes at Dhuhr. Because of course, everything starts at 7 a.m. So Dhuhr, everything finishes. It's convenient. You finish your last lectures, you finish your school, everything finishes. Pray your dhuhr there and then after you finished everything, it's done and then go. That's more convenient than saying, okay, it's the heat, let's take the license, leave it, we'll pray later on. Later on you go to sleep, it's the tradition to sleep after dhuhr. You sleep and then you may not get up in time before asr, etc. complications. So in their system, the way it is, they do not delay it. But the point is, the point is, there is an opinion of the scholars that you have a choice. If it's a really hot day, the hadith is there telling you, you got a choice. If you want to delay it because of that heat, then so be it. If you don't want to delay it, you can still pray at the early time in the heat. That is regarding the dhuhr time. In the end of the hadith, it just, it does say, فَإِنَّ شِدَّةَ الْحَرِّ مِنْ فَيْحِ جَهَنَّمِ The severe heat comes from where? There is a hadith, this one and another one, that talks about, it talks about the two seasons, the heat of summer and the coolness of winter. And that these two extremes, they come from the hellfire. The heat of the summer is from the hellfire, one breath of the hellfire. And the cold and the freezing of the winter is from another breath of the hellfire. Extreme heat and extreme cold in there. That's mentioned in the narration. Now there is one more issue about Fajr. So far we have discovered... All of the prayers have a window of time you can pray in. We have also discovered that all of the prayers should be prayed at the opening of the window. Except Isha, which should be prayed at the end of the window. Then we also learned there is one occasional exception, which is Dhuhr in the times of severe heat. Then you get the opportunity again to delay to the end of the window. Now there's one other issue, which is the issue of Fajr. Fajr prayer, according to what we learned so far, should be prayed at the beginning of the window. However, there are many people who take the opinion that Fajr should be prayed at the end of the window. Because there is a hadith which says, Asfiru bil Fajr. فَإِنَّهُ أَعْظَمُ لِلْأَجْرِ أَسْفِرُوا بِالْفَجْرِ What does it say? Pray the Fajr at the sunrise light appears for it is great ever. Pray the Fajr when the sunlight appears. أَسْفِرُوا When does the sunlight start to appear? Close to the time of sunrise. When it's about to start sunrise... 
just before that, before you actually see it come out, then already the light starts to appear. This hadith says, pray your fajr then. Close to sunrise. Not after sunrise, obviously then the time has gone. But close to it, getting close to the time it's gonna sunrise. Because getting close to that time now, you start to see a bit of light appearing. The hadith says, Asfiru bil fajr. Pray it when that light is appearing. That would indicate you pray fajr at the end of the window. However, there is a problem here. This hadith, yes, it says that. But there are other ahadith that mention when the sahaba used to go to the mosque in the morning to pray in al-masjid al-nabawi. And of course you know, al-masjid al-nabawi in those days, it was made out of mud. And it had straw, straw like grass as the roof. That's it. And it was made out of mud. There were no lights inside. No lights in al-masjid al-nabawi in those days. It was dark. No electricity, nothing. They didn't have candles in there. It was dark in there. So when they used to go for fajr, it used to be very dark. In the hadith it says, when they used to go to fajr prayer in al-masjid al-nabawi, obviously outside you have a bit of moonlight and things and you can see. But getting into a building now where there's no other light coming in, moonlight outside, it's going to be very dark inside. They used to say in the hadith it says, when they used to go to Al-Masjid al-Nabawi and sit down, it was so dark at Fajr time, they would look next to them and they couldn't tell who this person is. So dark. They can't recognize who is this person and who is that one. They're friends maybe, but they can't recognize which one is it, who is this one, who is this one. Because it is so dark at Fajr time. That's when they used to go to pray Fajr. That is obviously nowhere near Sunrise. If it was anywhere near sunrise, there wouldn't be that level of darkness in the mosque yet. So how do we combine these hadith? Some hadith are saying they used to go and pray fajr when it was so dark, they couldn't even recognize each other looking around. Which means it was at the beginning of the window. Other hadith here saying, pray at the end of the window when some light is appearing. How do you combine between them? You can't just say, let's pray at the end time. Then what about the hadith when they used to go when it was really dark? How do you combine it all? Almost. Oh, basically that's it. When the Prophet ﷺ used to pray Fajr, how many ayat of the Qur'an did he used to recite in Fajr prayer? 60 to 100. Hadith, it mentions it. 60 to 100 ayahs. And when the Prophet ﷺ used to recite, how did he used to recite? One ayah at a time. He never used to go quick. One ayah at a time. Alif, lam, mim, thalika al-kitabu la rayba fihi hudallil muttaqeen. Full stop. Alladheena yu'min. One ayah at a time. Stopping at the end of each ayah. Next ayah, stop. Next ayah, stop. That's how he used to recite the Prophet ﷺ. One ayah stop, one ayah stop, not all of it, all of it, going, going, going. So he used to recite in a nice, slow method. 60 to 100 ayahs in that nice, slow method. We're talking a reasonably lengthy prayer. And remember we said, originally the prayers used to be twos, then they were made into four. Fajr wasn't, because Fajr is supposed to be long when you pray. 
You're not supposed to pray Fajr prayer, Kul Allahu Ahad. You're supposed to do it long, the Fajr prayer. So the combination of the ahadith is, they used to go to the mosque at the opening of the window, and they used to start praying at the opening of the window. But because the Fajr is a long prayer, 60 to 100 ayat, in that slow method of recitation, ruku', sujood, everything. By the time they finished that long prayer, at the end of it, now time had gone along, and it was getting a lot closer to sunrise. They'd spent a reasonable period in prayer. Started at the opening of the window, by the time they finished, they're heading towards the end of the window. Fajr window isn't huge. The window for Fajr isn't huge. 90 minutes maybe or something. So you begin somewhere near the opening of the window. If your prayer takes 20 minutes, half an hour. Now when you finish, you're getting close to somewhere towards the end of the window. So now they used to say in the narrations, at the beginning of the prayer, we couldn't recognize each other. At the end of the prayer, after that long prayer, time has gone on. They said we could now recognize each other. So asfiru bil fajr means... Make your prayer long so that you finish it near the time when the light is appearing. Doesn't mean start it when the light is appearing. If you start the prayer when the light is appearing, how are you going to make it a long prayer? By the time you make a long prayer, already sunrise. That doesn't make sense to start the prayer when the light is appearing. Start the prayer at the beginning of the window, make it long. By the time you finish, light will start to be appearing now. That makes the most sense. But if you say, no, the hadith means you got to start your prayer towards the end of the window. How are you supposed to recite 60 to 100 ayahs slowly? Sunrise will occur by the time you finish. So it makes most sense to start the prayer at the early time of the window. That's what the evidences indicate. But to make it long so that you finish towards the middle end of the window. So these are the times... That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made as the times of the prayers. Four of these times are consecutive. Which four are consecutive? Dhuhr up to Asr, Asr up to Maghrib, according to the opinion and even time of necessity. Then Maghrib up to Isha, then Isha technically up to Fajr, because again you have the time of necessity. But then from Fajr to Dhuhr, there is the break. There is the gap between Fajr and Dhuhr. Question now is, after we've learned what these times of the prayers are, question now is, why? Why do we have to pray the prayers in those times? What's the significance of praying before sunrise, after sunset, just after the middle of the day? All of these times that have been fixed by Allah, why were they fixed on those times? What's the significance of those times? Why was it not just prescribed every day you got to pray five prayers, do them anytime you want? In the night, pray them all together, five of them before you go to bed, you've done them at least. In the morning, you pray all five together, you've done them at least. Why not that way? Why were they put separately for a start? And then on top of that, why were they put in those windows? Very specific windows. Before sunrise, after the middle of the day, uh, prior to the sun becoming yellow, after sunset, up until the 
sun rays disappear, very specific windows. Why are those windows in the times that they are? So meaning what? If the people used to worship the sun at that time, we would be prohibited from praying at that time. That's another slightly different point. We'll come to it later. Certain times in the day, it is haram to pray. Certain times in the day, is haram to pray. That we'll get to later. But these times where you have to pray, why are these times where they are? Excellent. That's one. That is one point. If you were told, five prayers every day you have to pray anytime you want. People would just do all of their stuff during the day, come home at night, make wudu 20 minutes, pray them all together back to back and you're done. You'd be doing your prayer once a day. One quick worship back to back, get them all done and you're finished. Whereas this way, you are continuously in prayer spread out throughout the day. So you are linked in worship to Allah at regular intervals during the day. Not the case of pray everything in one go in the morning and then you're done for the day, no worship, no nothing. Or pray everything one go in the evening before you go to bed, nothing else the whole day. That wouldn't be applicable and suitable to your hearts. So it is better for greater remembrance of Allah that the prayers are spread out at regular intervals to keep you coming back to the prayer throughout the day. Keep you coming back and doing that worship at regular intervals throughout the day, reminding you of ibadah, reminding you of your Lord, reminding you of dua, all of these things at regular intervals throughout the day. That's one. That's the reason why they are split up. That's one of the reasons. Why are they at the times they are? That's, we mentioned it briefly before. Every prayer to the next prayer wipes out your sins. So if you have regular prayers, they are like signposts, signposts throughout the day. If you commit some sins, then you have the opportunity to return back to Allah. Regular intervals make your tawbah, etc., and one prayer to the next prayer, the gaps are not huge, few hours per prayer, then those gaps, you're less likely to commit sins knowing that you're going to be moving from one prayer to the next one, next prayer to the next one, it's less likely you'll commit sin. Whereas if you were to pray all of them in the morning, the whole day you're a free man. And slowly, slowly as the day goes along, you've not prayed for hours and hours now, you're more likely to commit sin. Whereas if you're regularly every few hours praying and remembering, then it keeps you refreshed and your mind refreshed with your remembrance of Allah. So then the question, why are they at those times? Is it the changes in the day? Al-Sheikh al says, perhaps, maybe, we don't know for definite, we don't have a hadith about it, but maybe, ijtihad of the scholars, maybe it is linked to the signs of Allah in creation. In the morning, what is one of the biggest signs of Allah in the creation? The sun rising up. So you are told to get up and pray just before that happens. Then after your prayer, soon afterwards you see this great sign of Allah, the sun rising up, the darkness disappearing. 
That is a great sign of Allah, changing the darkness into light. So you are commanded to pray just before that. Dhuhr, again you could say this is one of the signs of Allah. It is how Allah makes the sun move. The sun comes up this way on one side of the sky. And Allah carries on making it move until it crosses over onto the other side of the sky. The sun, how big it is, how powerful it is. Yet Allah, the creator of that sun, makes it move across the sky. So when you see it cross the middle point, you recognize how the sun is moving, how your shadow is moving. So after that middle point of the day again, after seeing this great sign of Allah, of the sun being moved across the sky, you pray again. Then, missing Asr, Maghrib. Same as before. Now the opposite. Another great sign of Allah after light was present. The light is taken away and darkness is made to come. Sun disappears. And darkness envelops everything. Another great sign. So you pray then. And Isha, you could say a similar thing. That all of that twilight and redness, the sun rays completely disappear. Pitch black of the night arises. These are all physical changes that occur in the creation. Physical changes that occur in the creation at those times of the prayers. Asr is the only one that the Shaykh said that he doesn't have a clear explanation for. But these other ones he said possibly, possibly this is the reason for them. Because they are physical great changes that occur in the creation at those times. Maybe that is the reason. Now some issues to do with this. Some issues to do with these times of the prayers. Who is the prayer obligated on like we said before? The Muslim, Al-Aqil, who has his sense, Balig, age of puberty or above. Kullu Muslimin Aqilin Balighin. Every Muslim who has his intellect, he is at the age of puberty, you gotta pray. The responsibility is upon you to pray. Let's imagine some situations here now. Imagine you have an accident. You're riding along on your bike. You got your stabilizers on at the back. But you go over a bump. And you crash down and you bang your head. Before the sun got to the middle of the sky. So that happened to you before Dhuhr time had started yet. This incident occurred to you before Dhuhr time started. So you're there, unconscious, banged your head on the floor. Ambulance comes, everything takes it to the hospital, you're unconscious, unconscious. They do some things with you. And then, finally, you regain your consciousness. After the Dhuhr time has ended and Asr time has started. So like these days now, Dhuhr time starts when? Now the clocks have changed, Dhuhr starts when? One o'clock? Let's say one o'clock. Let's say one o'clock. Asr time starts... Like now these days, 4 o'clock? 
for, let's say four o'clock. So one o'clock Dhuhr time starts, four o'clock Asr time starts. You had your accident at 12.30. Dhuhr time hadn't started yet. Unconscious, in the hospital, you finally wake up at 5.30 p.m. So obviously now, you've missed your Dhuhr prayer. Asr, no problem, you can still pray. 5.30 p.m. you wake up, you can go make wudu, maghrib is still two hours away. But Dhuhr, what are you going to do? Do it as soon as possible. Don't need to pray. No Dhuhr. Do you have to pray Dhuhr or not? Miskin, he fell off his bike, the stabilizers. You going to make him pray Dhuhr or not? Who says no? Doesn't have to pray? Sorry? Uh huh. The scholars do say, as Shaykh al says, and some of the scholars do say, it is a well established opinion. You don't have to pray Dhuhr. Why not? Because you did not have responsibility upon you during the window of Dhuhr. During the window of Dhuhr, you did not have your consciousness, your intellect. Aqil. You were not Aqil. You were not Aqil during that whole window. Therefore, you don't have to pray it. Give you an example to make that easier to understand. A woman who goes on to her monthly cycle. The monthly cycle happens to the woman. Imagine it happens at 12.30 today. Happens at 12.30 today, and then in a few days, five days, six days later, she becomes pure. She already prayed Fajr this morning. She prayed that. 12.30 it started. A few days later, she becomes pure. From today, does she have to make anything up? Doesn't have to make it up. Because it started before the time started of the prayer, and it ended Completely after, a few days after. So all of that time window of those prayers, she was not in a state to pray. A person who's unconscious is not in a state to pray. He doesn't have his intellect. The whole of the window disappears. That's it. He doesn't have to repeat that prayer. It was not upon him. He was not in a state to have to pray. That's different to somebody sleeping because the hadith clearly says, if you wake up, then pray. But in this case, you're unconscious and you miss the whole of the window. Scholars do say you don't have to pray that one now because there was no, you know, how they say, Rufi al qalam, the hadith. Rufi al qalam an thalath. The pen is raised from three people. One of them is al majnoon hatta yafiq. The one who loses his senses until he regains his senses. So in that case, they say you have lost your senses, you're unconscious. So it is not upon you. But if you, Woke up in the hospital at 3 p.m. Now, now you have to pray because you have woken up and you got your senses back still in the time of dhuhr. Same with the woman. Imagine the woman, her monthly cycle started at 2 p.m. today. And she hadn't prayed dhuhr yet. Imagine today, a woman's cycle started at 2 p.m. She hadn't prayed dhuhr yet. Because dhuhr these days, the window... 1 p.m. till 4 p.m. She was going to pray at 3 p.m. 
But 2 p.m., the monthly cycle started for her. So now when she becomes pure at the end, does she have to make up today's duhur or not? Fatwa, we need fatwa. What's the fatwa? All the sisters are listening. We need the fatwa. What is it? Everybody agree? Ijma'ah. Have to make it up? Does anybody say she doesn't have to make it up? So everybody is agreed. She's got to make it up. There are two opinions. One opinion, you're right. And I'll explain why now. One opinion, you're right. Scholars say she's got to make it up. Why? Because obviously her period started after the time for the prayer had started. She could have prayed. Her period started at 2 p.m. Though her time entered at 1 p.m., she had a window of opportunity of one hour. She could have prayed and she didn't. So now when she becomes pure at the end, she's got to make it up. That's straightforward. They say she had an opportunity to pray. One hour. She had that one hour before it started. She could have prayed a dhuhr. So why are we going to say now you don't have to pray? She could have prayed it before it even started. So now when she gets pure, make it up and pray it. That's one obvious opinion. The second opinion says, no, she doesn't have to make it up. But what reason would they give? How are they going to explain that? She had an hour to pray. She never did it. Yet still they say you don't have to make it up. Why? Almost. No, not able, everything. The time period for dhuhr is from 1 till 4, for example. If you pray at 3 p.m., is your prayer valid? Absolutely. 3.30 p.m.? Absolutely. She has a choice to pray anywhere between 1 p.m. and 4 p.m., correct or not? She can do. No problem. Valid. Yes, it's better at the beginning of the window, but it's valid. Anywhere in the window. Just like you. You could be doing something busy, you decide one day... You're going to pray after you finish your shift at 3.30 p.m. Allowed or not? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's allowed for her to pray any time between 1 till 4. It's not her fault that all of a sudden out of the blue at 2 p.m. that choice was stripped away from her. The choice was stripped away from her because once the period begins, that's it. No more choice now. You can't pray. She had intended to pray at 3 o'clock, 3.30 Now the scholars say, why are you going to penalize her and make her pray when she's done nothing wrong technically? She was going to pray at 3 o'clock. Is it allowed for her to do that? Absolutely. Time for Dhuhr carries until 4 o'clock. She was going to pray at 3 o'clock. Suddenly the period started. Is that her fault? No. So why are you going to make her make up the prayer? She was going to pray at 3 o'clock. Period. It's not her fault. Started at 2 o'clock, she had the intention, 3 o'clock she was going to pray, which is a completely valid intention, completely allowed for her to do that. It was completely allowed, she did nothing wrong, she can pray at 3 if she wants. Suddenly the period started, and now it was taken out of her hands. It wasn't her fault, it was taken out of her hands. Period starts, she's no longer allowed to pray, so it's not her fault, they say. She doesn't have to make it up. It's not like she's done anything wrong. She was going to pray at 3 o'clock. That would have been absolutely fine. But the period started. That's not her fault. So they say she doesn't have to make it up. 
So they do have these two opinions about that. If the woman's period begins after a time of the prayer begins, then when she becomes pure afterwards, does she have to make that one up or not? Difference of opinion. Some of them say, no, she's got to make it up. She had an opportunity. Yes, it was allowed for her to pray later on, but she had an opportunity. That's the key, they say. She had an opportunity, she could have prayed. It's her fault for delaying it, they say. She could have prayed. So make her make it up. The others, they say, no. Why is it her fault? She has a choice. She's allowed to pray all the way till 4 o'clock. It's not her fault for delaying. She's allowed to delay it if she wants. The window is there. That your prayer is valid anywhere in the window. So we're not going to say to her, you have to make it up. So you have two opinions about that issue. Then after that, Many examples like that. Imagine now when her period finishes, it finishes just after sunset. So now she becomes pure, she has the ghusl, everything. So now she's going to start her first prayer as? On the day, on the day when she becomes pure, she becomes pure after sunset. After sunset, she becomes pure. So the first prayer she's going to pray. After sunset, it's still Maghrib. Depends when she became pure. Was it after the light disappeared? That means she became pure in the time of Isha. If she became pure in the time of Maghrib still, then pray Maghrib. So if she became pure after sunset, but before the Shafaq disappeared, that means she became pure in the time of Maghrib. She goes, has a ghusl and prays Maghrib then. If it was after the Shafaq disappeared, now she became pure in the time of Isha. So she starts from Isha. So now we have these times of the prayers. Some issues here now. Firstly, it is not permissible to pray any of the prayers before their specified window starts. That's obvious. You're not allowed to pray any prayer before the specified window of that prayer begins. Even if you ended up doing that accidentally. You didn't look at your clock properly. You thought it was a different time to what it actually was. And so you thought the time for the prayer has entered. You went and prayed. Then you come back and sit down, look carefully and you realize, wait, the time for the prayer hasn't even started yet. You misread what the clock said on your phone. You did it by accident. What's the ruling? Invalid. Get up afterwards when the time starts and pray again. You can't just say, but it was accident. I didn't realize and uh, it was ignorance. I didn't know. Irrelevant. You prayed before the time started. When it starts, get up and go and pray. So you cannot pray any prayer before the time starts. That's just like the slaughtering on Eid day. If you do your slaughtering before the Eid prayer, does it count? Doesn't count? You can't say, oh, I thought they prayed. You got to do it after the Eid prayer for it to count for Eid slaughtering. Now, Imagine somebody, you're going out camping somewhere, 
You're going to go to the Yorkshire Dales, take your tent, and you're going to do some camping. So you go out one day, and you get there just near Maghrib time. 7 p.m., 7.30 p.m., you arrive over there. When you arrive, you pitch up your tent and everything, you look around, and it looks like it's gone dark. So you say to all your friends, let's pray Maghrib. You pray Maghrib. After you pray, then you sit down and you start looking at things a bit more carefully. Look at your phones and things, look at your apps and things. Then you realize, hang on a minute. It says here today's sunset is at 7.45. It's only 7.30 and we already prayed. Because they thought the sun had gone down due to all of the cloud cover, the rain, the fog. They thought the sun had gone down. It was, it was dark everywhere. And they prayed. But then afterwards they realized, wait, no, no, everything is indicating that there's still 20 minutes before sunset yet. So now, they gotta pray again. Afterwards, they gotta pray again. So if a person mistakenly thought the sun had set due to cloud cover and things, it's not an excuse. Afterwards, you still gotta pray. Your prayer will not be valid. Same for Fajr, the Sheikh says somebody wakes up, they're half asleep, they look at their clock and they think time for Fajr has begun. So they think, okay, let's get up and pray now then. I've woken up anyway. They go and pray. After they make wudu pray, now they're a bit awake, they come back and then they look carefully and realize, wait, it's nowhere near Fajr time yet. Prayer, invalid. You've got to wait afterwards and pray when the time enters. Would you get any reward for that prayer? Imagine that happened. You wake up in the middle of the night, you briefly look at your clock, and you don't see it properly. You think it's Fajr time. You get up, you make wudu, you pray. Then you come back and you realize, wait, it was nowhere near Fajr time. That prayer you've just prayed, will you get any reward for it? You get reward? You get reward for it. But it just won't count as your Fajr prayer. That one you're going to have to pray again. But you'll get reward for that just as a general nafal prayer. You'll get reward for it, but it doesn't count as your fajr prayer. If somebody prays before the time starts on purpose, then it's actually a sin. You get sin for that. Praying before the time starts on purpose. What about delaying the prayer so long that the time finishes? What is the ruling on the person who does that? Some scholars, remember we talked about it before? Some scholars said if you purposely delay and delay and delay and the time finishes for the prayer, they said this can be kufr. Absolutely not valid. You didn't even pray. So it would be kufr. Some scholars say it can be kufr. You know the time for the prayer is now, but you keep can't be bothered, can't be bothered, can't be bothered. Then it finishes. Somebody hasn't prayed Asr till now, for example. Hasn't prayed Asr till now, time is almost going to go. They don't care. Maghrib comes, they didn't pray Asr. Some scholars say this is kufr. You missed the prayer on purpose. You let the time go and go and go and you didn't pray. So you cannot delay the time out of its time. Do you have to make it up? Imagine somebody did that. Imagine somebody did that, delayed the prayer, delayed the prayer, didn't pray the Asr, Maghrib time started. Then they realize, okay, I've done wrong. Then you repent. Do you have to make up the prayer or not? Yeah. Now of course, <laughs> based upon that. So after you've done all of that, 
the prayer. What about that prayer you missed? So some scholars say, you don't have to make it up. They say, because it will not count for you whatsoever now. It will not count for you whatsoever. There's no qada there. You can't do qada for a prayer you missed on purpose. You missed it on purpose, you can't do qada on it now. It won't be counted whatever you do. So the scholars say, you don't make that prayer up. There's no, uh, there's no issue in making that prayer up now. Because you missed it on purpose, there is no qada for missing a prayer on purpose. So you'll be sinful, very badly sinful. You got to repent to Allah, seek forgiveness, and ensure that you never go back to that again. Uh, the common thing which happens, getting up late for Fajr. What is the ruling about that? Somebody oversleeps, then when you wake up, you're supposed to get up and pray. But the scholars do highlight oversleeping is not something you can just use as a justification for every day. Oversleeping is something which happens on a rare occasion. Somebody who, inverted commas, oversleeps six days a week and only gets up one day a week, that won't count for you. Because that isn't oversleeping, that's just you being completely lazy and missing the prayer. When they talk about oversleeping, it's the once in a blue moon. Every now and again something happens, you are really tired, you overslept. No problem. When you wake up, you pray. But a person who regularly oversleeps, three, four, five, six times a week, then that shows it's not about oversleeping, it's about this person really not caring. He's just not making enough effort. He isn't making enough effort to get up. If he's not getting up six days a week, he's barely managing one day a week. That is his fault then, and he will be a sinner for that. And he won't count as just saying, I overslept. No, heavy sleepers or not. Heavy sleepers or not. They are so heavy sleepers, do they miss their shift every morning? When it comes to work, do they miss their shift every morning, they oversleep that too? You don't oversleep to that kind of level. They don't oversleep for those things, but all of a sudden they become heavy sleepers when it's Fajr. So it doesn't matter. If you're a heavy sleeper, nowadays with these phones and things, you can, you got a choice of 20 alarms. 20, 30 alarms, one after the next. Even if you press snooze on the first one, the next one goes off two minutes later. There's no excuse. You put 20 alarms on even the heaviest oversleepers, you're gonna, something's gonna happen. You're gonna have to start messing about pressing buttons. So that oversleeping is only valid if it happens every now and again, not as a regular thing. We'll have to conclude there for today on that point. Prayer time for Maghrib is arriving now. We'll carry on with it from next week, insha'Allah ta'ala.